Back to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You got your May issue of the Lutheran Witness? I do. It's all very red. I was going to say it's really colorful, but I like color. So this one is really fun to look through. Being There's a designer, of, you do like color. I do. I love color. Lots of... Uh, lots of doves. Lots of doves. Lots of red. Pentecost. Yeah, lots of really yeah. great pictures. It is <laughs> It is May. Uh, May 8th. 2019, and we're taking a look at the May issue of the Lutheran Witness. Mm-hmm. Joining us by phone this morning, the Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Oswald, Associate Professor of Exegetical Theology at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, and also author of the article in this issue, To You, Through You, By the Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Acts of the Apostles. Um, so if you're taking a look, if you've got your May issue, you know, go to page six if you want to see the, uh, the artwork going along with it and what we're talking about today. Dr. Oswald, thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. My pleasure. Thank you. When speaking of the work of the Holy Spirit, why do we often jump to the power, or as you put it, <laughs> fireworks and sound effects? And I had to think about that for a minute. I was like, oh yeah, Pentecost. Yeah. <laughs> why do we often jump to you know the the power of the Holy Spirit um, when we're, we're thinking of the Holy Spirit? I think there are probably a lot of reasons for that, but. Uh, Two come particularly to mind uh, from my own personal experience and uh, from also my pastoral experience. I think the first is that we all suffer from the temptation to walk by sight and not by faith. Uh, We want to see things and hear things and feel things, and uh, we don't want to simply cling to a promise or trust that God is at work. So I think part of us is drawn that way um, because of that temptation. I think there's also a kind of mistaken notion that the early church was a sort of golden era or a perfect time in the church's history, and if we could only get back to that age, uh, all our problems would be solved, and we could have these same sort of dramatic experiences, and we wouldn't have to do the the sort of tedious uh, day-to-day hard work of being God's people in our world. Uh, If you read Acts carefully, you see that this was no golden era uh, and that God is moving us forward and we have advantages that the apostles and the uh, fathers who followed them did not have. I think maybe there's a third reason we could add in here. Uh, I'd like to call it a kind of holy curiosity. (laughs) I think some of us would just, we just wonder, what would that be like? to be able to reach down and heal someone or to have the spirit sort of control our speech for a few moments so that we knew it was really God speaking and we didn't have the temptation to think, no, that's me after all. Uh, So that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's certainly a curiosity that has to be reined in uh, by God's word uh, and by listening to how he explains the way he wants to work with us, the way he wants to be part of our lives today. Uh, if I could add one final analogy, it struck me, uh, you know, thinking again about these things for the article, that uh, when we first uh, fall in love, we often find ourselves asking, you know, how do I know this person loves me? What should love look like? And if we uh, ask our friends, they may say, oh, you know, has he or she done this for you, some, you know, some dramatic act? And we often forget that love is really that faithful uh, day-to-day, day-in and day-out, and sometimes uh, through the long night, uh, faithful love and compassion. 
and uh, it's a little bit of a, a misunderstanding, a, a little bit of a, a, a lack of appreciation of the kind of love God shows us when we say, oh, I'd, I'd rather he did something really dramatic for me uh, to prove that he loves me. Um, and I think the, the book of Acts, even though it has a lot of these very dramatic things in it, uh, is constantly taking us back to that steadfast, uh, patient, long-suffering love of God for his people. We we uh, read of of Pentecost being of, of fireworks um, of, of Pentecost in the Book of Acts, um, but I I love how you put this that Pentecost wasn't a Plan B. Um, but how how does that play into how we how we tend to or I don't know about tend to how we maybe uh, read Acts the wrong way or or mistakenly have uh, Pentecost as something that it's not. Yeah, one of the problems uh, is that we tend to put too big of a break between the beginning of Acts and the gospel story that comes immediately before it. We're really only talking about weeks after uh, the death and resurrection of our Lord when the story of Acts begins. So there's a tendency to think uh, this is a kind of a new departure, uh, maybe even more than just a new chapter in the story, but it's a whole new story and that the disciples, uh, the apostles, especially the 12, now 11, really still don't understand anything Jesus was trying to tell them. So that Jesus' entire ministry, uh, all of his teaching, uh, even his death and resurrection, have accomplished very little in the lives of the people who are closest to him. And it takes something from outside, uh, some this powerful spirit to simply come down upon them and transform them from being mistaken, uh, foolish, confused, uh, cowardly unbelievers into being bold uh, gospel witnesses and apostles. Uh, That kind of connection uh, then also puts a big gap between the Lord Jesus and his spirit, which he promises to pour out upon his people. And so we end up uh, actually pitting the work of the Spirit against the work of the Son. And it's hard to imagine anything further from the biblical truth than that. There are a couple of statements in the article that just really stood out, you know, that that it's not plan B. (laughs) Pentecost isn't plan B. Um, But another one that really stood out for me, if God does not dwell in temples made by men, the work of the Holy Spirit probably cannot be captured between the covers of the Lutheran witness. Great statement. W- would okay. you elaborate on that for yeah, us, please? I was, I was getting a little cute there. Maybe, but, <laughs> but it's an important point. And we have a tendency, and when I say we, I'm speaking specifically about us in the, you know, our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod circles, to, I think, narrow the work of the Holy Spirit into one or maybe two main functions. And I think we forget that when we're talking about the Spirit, we're still talking about God Almighty. And we need to remember that this is the Spirit who hovers over creation. This is the Spirit who fills the prophets. This is the Spirit who comes down upon Christ at his baptism and then leads him out into the wilderness to face his opponent. Uh, This is the Spirit poured out upon all the gathered believers in Christ and the Spirit that continues to carry on Christ's work throughout Acts. 
Uh, so it's true, we need to keep in mind the important functions that the Spirit carries out from generation to generation. You know, he doesn't do all of these things for us, uh, but not to try to uh, limit the work of the Spirit to just one or two points uh, is very important for us, both as readers of Scripture and as members of the Church. That's really what I was trying to get at, that... Uh, you know, lower your expectations about my article a little bit. I'm not going to be able to say everything that needs to be said. <laughs> you have a point there, though, that that a lot of times, well, we get we get so caught up in our in our day to day in our in our own lives um, that that the Holy Spirit is is that same Holy Spirit um, that that did all of these things that we read about, um, and that same Holy Spirit continues this through today and and into the future, um, creating and sustaining faith. Um, mm-hmm. How I don't know how can we how can we kind of uh, realize that in our own lives? Well, uh, I mean you've you've sort of mentioned the starting point, uh, creating and sustaining faith, and then I think to ask ourselves more carefully, just how does the Spirit like to do that? Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is through uh, God's Word. Uh, the Spirit wants to bring to mind to make us remember the things that we've heard uh, throughout Scripture. And uh, that's not just a sort of one-time uh, remembering something we learned in confirmation class, but it's a daily remembering of all that God speaks to us through His Word. The Spirit is also a spirit of community, uh, unity, and fellowship. The Spirit likes us to gather with other Christians, uh, draws us together, uh, sometimes even forces us together, right? <laughs> um, and constantly tries to bring us to the uh, realization of that full unity we have uh, in Christ Jesus. Uh, uh, of course, in uh, line with all that happens sort of when we gather for worship, uh, we can't mention or can't forget to mention, along with the hearing of the word, the celebration of the sacraments and the Spirit's role and all those things, uh, but even in our normal conversation together with each other uh, through means like um, the show we're listening to right now. Uh, the Spirit is constantly reminding us of the promises of God, keeping us close uh, in God's grace uh, through faith. In the remaining about a minute, minute and a half, uh, other tips or uh, how you would guide us in reading uh, the Acts of the Apostles? My first tip is to read it. <laughs> I find that a lot of us aren't very familiar with this book at all. Uh, we know bits and pieces of it. We know little isolated stories. Uh, but few of us, I think, have spent enough time reading through it. And if you can do it, um, read from Luke straight into Acts, uh, and then see all the connections between what happens in the gospel that Luke wrote and what happens in the book of Acts. Uh, reading straight from Luke 24 into Acts 1 helps uh, prevent a lot of the misunderstandings about uh, Acts being a new beginning, Pentecost being you know God's second plan because the first one failed, and uh, things like that. Um, also, it's very, in, I think, helpful and insightful to read the Gospel of John and the book of Acts together. Uh, both of those books have a lot to teach us about the work of the Spirit, uh, both then and now. And that's, of course, a very helpful connection, too. Uh, but to read Acts primarily as a continuation of the story of Jesus Christ, not as a history of Peter or Paul, uh, but this, too, is God's Word. And in this book of God's Word, 
he is revealing to us how Jesus Christ is alive and well and at work in our world today. He's present in his word and through his spirit. Um, I think the more people get into Acts, the more excited they'll be about reading it and uh, want to keep reading it. The Reverend Dr. Jeffrey Oshwald, Associate Professor of Exegetical Theology at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis, also author of uh, To You, Through You, By the Spirit in the May issue of The Lutheran Witness. Thanks so much, Dr. Oshwald, for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. And thank you both. You can find The uh, the Lutheran Witness, cph.org slash witness. You can subscribe there. Check it out. I'm Eddie Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.